Welcome to Gen Z Hoops. Today, we're joined by our Southeast Division expert, Nima Zavadzadeh, here to break down the past week of NBA action for the Hawks, Heat, Hornets, Magic, and Wizards. Nima, starting off with the Hawks, like they've been doing for the last few weeks, they've been winning a bunch of games lately under the new coach, Nate McMillan. Can you tell us a little bit about the tear they're on and how, how, how long you see this going on for? Yeah, I mean, right now the Hawks are uh, 29 and 25. They're the fourth seed, and they've won six of their last seven, seven of their last 10, and they're doing this with a banged up team. I mean, Collins is going to be out for at least another week. Reddish is out for the next few weeks. He's been, uh, he was out for four weeks before. Uh, Trey and Gallo are day to day. Capella has missed a few games here and there. DeAndre Hunter's also been out. You know, they're still winning games despite missing essentially their whole rotation. I mean, they beat Charlotte with half their team missing. Bogdanovich was their leading scorer. You know, you have to get credit to Nate McMillan because this team didn't look like a good team first half of the season. Uh, and as soon as he was given the reins, everything changed. Credit to the Hawks organization for making that change and realizing that's the change that needs to be made. And credit to Nate McMillan for doing a great job. And they beat Chicago by 12 and Zach Levine scored 50, but Trey Young scored 42. Danilo Gallinari's found life again, scoring 20 off the bench. And even though they lost to Memphis by 18, that's their one loss in the last seven games. That game, they were missing Capella, Collins, and Gallo, who are three of their taller players in the game. And surprise, surprise, the reason why they lost that game is because they got killed on the boards. You chalk that up to the, pl the players you miss in the rotation. Realistically, if those players were playing, you probably win that game. I think that the Hawks have actually become a dangerous team. And I don't think that they can really pressure a team like Brooklyn or a team like Philly. Maybe take them to five, I would say six best case scenario. But teams like the Heat and teams like the Celtics, who are, you know, kind of there, kind of that second tier of Eastern teams, the Hawks can really give them trouble and, you know, really surprise them, punch them in the face first thing. So the next three games, they have Toronto, Milwaukee, Indiana. Milwaukee has been in and out with injuries and resting guys. Indiana has been dealing with some injuries and Toronto's not been that great, even though, you know, Gary Trent Jr. has kind of been taking over, but I still think Atlanta can beat that team. And I think that they, this hot streak is just going to continue. Awesome stuff there with the Hawks. That's great seeing a team that maybe struggled a little bit early in the season really hitting their stride. But how about the Heat? They've also won a few games recently, and they were maybe skidding all year long. And as a, as a defending Eastern Conference champs, it was very surprising to all of us. How do you see them now um, with this winning streak? Do you think this can continue? Yeah, I mean, the Heat are still uh, the Heat of last year, really grinded out, slow-paced team who, uh, you know, led by Jimmy Butler. The, the, the st their style of play is reflective of their star. And so – they're 28 and 25, uh, fifth seed, and they've won six of the last seven. They got Victor Oladipo, who also matches that style of play. And even though he got hurt going up for a dunk, it was a no-contact knee injury, but it apparently isn't anything serious. He's going to be reevaluated at the end of the week. Before he got injured in that game, it looked like he finally was catching his stride in Miami. And so having that pairing of Victor Oladipo and Jimmy Butler, two amazing two-way wings uh, coming into the playoffs where – you're going to need those guys to be defending, you know, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, KD. You know, you need you need those guys. And so having that defensive wing really helps Miami, especially come playoff time. And especially if Oladipo uh, can recover from this injury quickly and, you know, really bounce back. They beat Portland despite being out-rebounded. Portland turned the ball over a ton and shot horribly. And they beat the Lakers and lost to Memphis. The Lakers, you know, banged up. No Anthony Davis, no LeBron James. Um, 
So how much does that win actually like have any weight? Who, who really knows, but they're still winning. They're still in the playoff race, which is great. Um, and I really don't think they will be falling into uh, a play in spot. If there is going to be a team that's going to fall, fall into a play in spot, it's going to be uh, Charlotte, in my opinion. Really, for Miami, it just comes down to health. Victor Oladipo coming back, Jimmy Butler staying healthy, Tyler Hero staying healthy, Bam staying healthy. Uh, last time I said that trading Olenek for uh, Bielitsa didn't help their front court depth. Uh, and they went and they signed Dwayne Dedman, who really fixed that lack of a big man problem. Uh, but this week is going to be a really tough week, especially, you know, without Victor Oladipo. You have five games in seven days. You got a back-to-back against Phoenix and Denver, both away games. And then you got to face Brooklyn at the end of the week. So it's going to be a really tough stretch coming up right now for Miami. But I honestly don't see them slipping. I don't think they can crack that top three where I think they thought they would see themselves at the beginning of the season. Great thinking about the Heat and how they've been able to consistently win games that, you know, living up to the, the, maybe what the expectations put on them at the beginning of the season. The Hornets are another interesting team because they, they've still managed to stay afloat even after losing LaMelo Ball, who's likely to win Rookie of the Year, um, even with being sidelined for, for what's, what's about to be close to a month. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the Hornets and, and what do you really think um, they could really do to, to really keep themselves outside of the playing game and into the actual one to six playoff seating leading into LaMelo coming back? Yeah, I mean, right now they're 27 and 25. Um, the Hornets, Heat, and Hawks all tied in the loss column. So it really just comes down to who's going to be winning the games coming up. They've won two of their last three, but really they haven't been tested yet as an injured team. I mean, LaMelo's not playing. Gordon Hayward's not playing. In the last three games, they played Milwaukee without their entire big three and no Dante DiVincenzo. They played OKC, who aren't that great of a team. Uh, they're a lottery team. And they've played Atlanta, who were missing, like I said, half their lineup, and they lost. With the Hornets, you know, I think they might slip. I, like I said last week, I think the goal should be keep winning, keep winning, keep winning. But Boston is really picking it up. They're back up to the seventh seed. And like I said, Boston is going to capitalize on stuff like the Hornets or teams like the Hornets who are going to be slipping a little bit come this time. And I, I see the Hornets, you know, maybe having one of those advantage spots like the seven or eight seed in the play in. I don't think they'll slip down to nine or 10. I think they have too much just raw talent on that team and Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, and Devontae Graham. Terry Rozier has had an amazing season. I, I don't think they can keep this six seat afloat. Right now, they are only one game ahead of Boston in the loss column. Boston's a game ahead in the win column. They're tied in, ta- in terms of game back from the first seed. So really, the Hornets are, could technically become a seven seed very, very easily and be in that playing spot. There's also the Knicks who have been picking up steam, and they can really end up being the seven seed, pushing the Hornets down to the eight. I don't think Indiana will take them, nor do I think Chicago can. I, I don't see themselves keeping a top six seed. Uh, coming up next, they have the Lakers, Cleveland, and Brooklyn. And, you know, they, I really don't think they'll still be tested uh, because the Lakers are banged up and Brooklyn's been resting guys and have also been banged up. And Cleveland's not that great of a team again. Maybe just keep capitalizing on teams resting guys against you and you keep winning. You know, if, if they're going to rest their guys every time they play Charlotte, more power to you. Interesting to think of the context, of course, surrounding the, the Hornets and exactly what, what's putting them where they are and obviously what the next few weeks are going to look like for them. 
Um, the Magic, right? They're another team where it's, you know, we kind of bury them deep into this division breakdown because they're always on some sort of losing streak or in some cases like that. And that's obviously the case now. They obviously made one of the biggest trades of the deadline with moving Rusevich. Um, how do you kind of see that impending the end of the season? Have you seen that really take a toll on, on where they're going to end up? Yeah, I mean, even before the trade, Orlando was kind of destined to be in that bottom part of the Eastern Conference. So now it's about, can we get in that bottom three spots and can we really develop our youth? And I think that's why they traded guys like Fournier, guys like Aaron Gordon, and of course Vucevic, who are kind of stalling out your lineup a little bit and are a little bit more up there in age, not really, you know, that project didn't work. That era of Orlando didn't work and you move on and you tinker and you try out something new and so they lost their last five games and I think that's what you need to keep doing right now I right now they're currently poised for the fourth pick in terms of uh, lottery odds and you really want to be in that top three so you can have that advanced odds of getting the one pick in the draft so they just had to keep losing and eventually you know knock out Detroit from that 15 seed I don't think they can catch Houston or the Timberwolves both of those teams are banged up, a lot less talented and, you know, not really winning games either. And so you just kind of keep losing and keep trying to develop your depth. And, you know, I've said the last few weeks, I don't understand what they're doing with Mo Bamba. And I really still don't because last game he scored 21 against Milwaukee, shot five of six from three against the Wizards. He had 19, eight and two off the bench. And Wendell Carter Jr. has had trouble getting more than 10 points and seven rebounds in a game. So why not give Bamba that starting position? Uh, I don't really know. And, you know, another good bright spot from the Magic, I guess, is Cole Anthony's back. Cole Anthony was looking like a first-team uh, first all-rookie player at the beginning of the season. And he's kind of come back to form. 13-7 and seven in his first game. He had 8-5 and 9 rebounds in his second game. And 12-5-7 and seven last game. But he's coming back to form. And it's nice. It's nice to have that guy that you can really look at and develop, you know, just kind of keep losing. But the one thing that I'm kind of concerned about is the starting lineups just don't really make sense. I don't understand why they're starting guys like Michael Carter Williams. Uh, like I said, Wendell Carter Jr., James Ennis, Dwayne Bacon. Like, yes, you want to integrate these vets, but your entire starting lineup is the vets. You're not really giving any leeway to Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton, you're starting Chuma Okiki, who's been great, but you're not starting like Mo Bamba, like I said, who's been doing really well. I, I, I don't understand not starting RJ Hampton at all, considering you just traded for him. He's very, very talented. And you're starting Michael Carter-Williams over him, who could just be a backup bench unit point guard. Overall, you know, the Magic just need to keep losing, and that's kind of what they're doing. And they have the Spurs, Bulls, and Raptors next. And, you know, they might win one of those games, but that, I don't think that's really their goal. Just with the Wizards, they obviously had their their highs and lows points of the season, but it's it's interesting now. I've seen it everywhere over Twitter where people talk about Westbrook and how he's getting all these triple doubles and they're still losing games and, and how the record reflects that. Tell, tell us a little bit about what you're kind of seeing there and and what kind of that that what, what you if you if you think that that'll continue or if there's a reason behind it. What, what's what's happening there? They are 19 and 33. They're the 12th seed and uh, they've won two of the last three games. Last week, I was very upset with the Wizards and how how they've gone about this season winning those games doesn't really change much. I mean, they beat Orlando and Golden State, and then they lost to Phoenix by 28, even though they didn't have uh, Bradley Beal. And Bradley Beal's been struggling. And do you chalk it up to, you know, a cold streak, or has he just stopped caring? Because his his wife has gone and tweeted after the trade deadline and many times throughout the season about her frustrations with the team. Her frustrations are also Bradley Beal's frustrations, I'm sure. And so, it seems like he's kind of bought out of the Wizards. The Wizards are going to need to move away from him. And in terms of Russell Westbrook, man, 
there's a clip that went viral over the week where Russell Westbrook in three straight drives got a, a teammate a wide open look at the rim and all three times the teammate missed the shot. It, it really isn't Russell Westbrook who is the problem. And, and people saying that Russell Westbrook, you know, is, is no longer a good player. Don't understand that if you, if you put him on, you know, one of these top four teams in the West or even the top four teams in the East, he would still look phenomenal. He would still look like the kind of guy who can go out there and win you games. But whenever you surround him with guys who are either young and very undeveloped and just not athletic, can't really finish at the rim, there's going to be trouble. And so, you know, Rui Hachimura has been great. Denny Adia has shown flashes, but the roster composition is just not good for a guy like Russell Westbrook and especially not a guy like Bradley Beal. They're three games out of a play-in spot, and there's really no more time to right the ship. Like, if you want to make up those three games, there's less than 20 games left in the season. So Chicago is going to keep winning games, or Indiana is going to keep winning games, at least at a higher rate than the Wizards, I would at least project them to. The chances of them getting into that play-in position is is very, very slim. And I think there's going to be a big, big blow up of the Washington Wizards this offseason. Uh, I don't see another year of Bradley Beal there. I think it's time for them to just try and move on, new era, kind of like what Orlando's doing, what Houston's doing, what a lot of these teams who have had the same core for the last six, seven years. It didn't work out. Other teams are moving on. It's time for you to move on too. And I think the Wizards are next. Welcome to Gen Z Hoops. Today, we're joined by our Southwest Division expert, Curtis Johnson, here to break down the past week of NBA action for the Grizzlies, Mavericks, Spurs, Pelicans, and Rockets. Curtis, I'm excited to see that the Grizzlies are currently sitting in the eighth spot. Tell us a little bit about that and how they've actually been winning a few games lately in the, in the super tight race with not just the rest of their conference, but mainly the rest of their division. Yeah, so it started, which I'm going to talk about the Spurs later, but Spurs, they've hit a losing streak, which I predicted they would do at the beginning of the season. I, I thought they would uh, come back a little to reality, that they just have a team that plays real hard, but they don't have a lot of talent. So uh, the Grizzlies actually leaped them this week. They're sitting in the eighth spot. I believe they're two games up right now on the Spurs. They finished this week 3-1 and one on their East uh, road trip, losing their last game to the New York Knicks in overtime. Uh, Desmond Bain, he's been playing. He's been a bright spot off the bench, especially with uh, De'Anthony Melton out with uh, leg soreness after the uh, 76ers game. Bain's been averaging uh, 13 points, shooting 47% from three. Jonas continues to stir, tear up the stat sheet for rebounds. He's averaging 12.5, and he still sits third overall for the league. I'm waiting for him to get some more rebounds so he can jump to two or uh, possibly one before the season's over. Dylan Brooks, he's been on the tear as well these last four games. He's averaging 21 points while shooting 52% from three. You know, still expect Jaron Jackson to be back at some point by the end of the month. Like I said earlier, the uh, Grizzlies PR reported. Uh, Justin Winslow, he continues to be sidelined with a uh, right thigh soreness, I believe. Brendan Clark, he missed a couple games this week with calf soreness. Uh, Grizzlies actually won both of the games he missed. And Melton, he's, uh continues to be out. And Jonte Porter, he missed a game for, I believe it was knee soreness. But other than that, the Grizzlies, they're trending in the right direction. Uh, they have a big homestand here coming up against uh, the Indiana Pacers on Sunday, play Chicago Bulls on Monday, and they have a big game on, against their uh, division rival, the Dallas Mavericks, which could play a huge role in who possibly gets that seventh spot. 
and it's going to be on ESPN. It's going to be a big game for Ja, the Memphis Grizzlies, and Luka and the Dallas Mavericks. So definitely looking forward to that game. And after that, the Grizzlies have a monster road trip, which I'm sure I'll get into the uh, following week when we get ready. But after the homestand, I know they, they play Chicago again in Chicago. Then it's like Denver, Portland. And they play Denver twice and Portland twice, I believe, on the road. So it's going to be a tough road trip, but I'm sure they can pull a couple of games out. Uh, we'll see what happens. Wow, super thinking about that. And you obviously mentioned the Mavericks, and it's can't wait to see that game. It's definitely going to be a battle and definitely play such a pivotal role in what these last few weeks look like for them as they fight to really uh, secure their seating. Tell us a little about, about the Mavericks and, and maybe what you're seeing there. Mavericks are doing what I thought they should have been doing earlier this year, man. I, I told you they shouldn't be in the seven spots. I mean, they should be around the four or five spot. They have a pretty good competitive team. I mean, a lot of the key, some same players from last year, but I just think they're a better basketball team than what they've been playing, especially with uh, Christoph Przingis in and out of the lineup. He missed the game this week for a sprained wrist. Luckily, it's nothing serious. He returned uh, the next and played the next two games, and he averaged 24.5 points and uh, 15 rebounds in those two games this week. Luca, he continues to impress, as always. He averaged 27 points, nine rebounds, seven and six over these last three games. They continue to win, which I expect them to do. And I expect them, when it's all said and done, to be around anywhere between the five to six spot. I think they're going to move out of the seven spot and somebody else is going to get knocked down to the seven. Look for them to put Luca's name in the conversation for MVP, as I said at the beginning of the season. I do not think he will win it because it's too late, but there's just a lot of uncertainty uh, regarding who's going to win MVP this year. So. Look for Luka to be in, I want to say, probably top three, top four. Denver's Joker's going to win it this year. Uh, you're going to have him, I believe, Luka, Joel Embiid, and possibly Dame Lillard. I don't think LeBron will make it this year because of the uh, high ankle sprain and been out so long. Tim Hardaway, uh, he's going to be in the sixth man this year with Jordan Clark. I think Jordan Clark's going to win, but Tim Hardaway's going to be in one of the finalists, the final three. He's averaging 17 points while shooting 39% from three. If you guys like fantasy, you may want to pick up Jalen Brunson. He's been playing well as of late in the last three games, averaging 12 points and three assists. He's definitely the backup for Luka or the uh, two guard he's coming in. So you guys be sure to put him on your roster because he's going to get the menace and hopefully he's going to produce like he has the last three games. And just look for, like I said, the Mavericks to move up to standings. I believe they're going to move up uh, another notch or two and possibly Portland. Lakers may fall down still with LeBron and Anthony Davis out. So. We'll see how this plays out, but the Dallas Mavericks, they're trending in the right direction, just like the Memphis Grizzlies. Love hearing that, but obviously we have to transition like we do every week uh, from teams that are, that are really doing well, like you said, that are on track um, to a team that really isn't in the Houston Rockets. Um, obviously, they, it looks like their losing streaks kind of going to continue, and it, it doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon. Can you can you tell us anything about them, and if there is any track for them to possibly get on? Yeah, I think the best thing is, you know, trying to figure out what pieces you want to bring back for next year, who, who you have in your immediate plans, because they're going to be in the lottery, looks like, probably for the next couple of years, I would say. Hopefully not, but it looks like they're going to be in the lottery the next couple of years. And I think they gave most of their picks away with the Russell Westbrook trade to OKC, and, uh, some more picks because of Harden. We'll see how, how all that plays out with their picks, but... Kelly O'Lennon has been a bright spot for them ever since they picked him up from the Miami Heat. In the last five games, they averaged 18 points and 10 rebounds while shooting 39% from three. I will point out with the Miami Heat, he was shooting 31% from three. So something has obviously happened for him to be shooting 39%, eight, nine points higher. And he's had three double-doubles in his, his span over the last five games they had this week. 
Kevin Porter Jr., he also continues to be a bright spot in the last five games. He's averaging 14 points, and he had a career-high 14 assists this week. Just as I said, they're going to look for pieces. I feel to build around Christian Wood. John Wall, he returned to action. But Kevin Porter and Keller Lennox, they continue to be uh, bright spots for this team. And I expect them, honestly, to keep Kelly O'Lennon. Uh, John Wall, in his return, he had 31 points and seven assists, and he led the Rockets over win to their ride with the Dallas Mavericks. So, scratch it. They're not on their losing streak. They got off of it, but they're on another one, a three-game losing streak. But they got off the old one. So, hopefully, it gets back on the trend to uh, getting them off the losing streak as well. Christian Wood, he had 22 and 10 against their, uh, in their win against the Dallas Mavericks as well. I said, just look for them to build for pieces to build around Christian Wood. And I think it starts with Kelly Olenek. He's obviously scratching the floor, uh, believing Christian Wood more room to uh, work. We'll see how they do the rest of the season, but just finding pieces for the future. Interesting stuff thinking about their, their positioning and kind of what, what their situation would look like um, over the next few, obviously the end of the season, but also the next few years. Um, thinking over to the Pelicans, though, they obviously are looking really bright. And Zion's just been on a, on a tear from what, I, from what I've been seeing, just um, in terms of just seeing his stat lines uh, night in and night out. Please tell us a little bit about maybe what they're doing and, and what you could see them getting in the mix with teams like the Grizzlies and the Mavericks. It's, it's going to be hard for the Pelicans. Uh, they just got Lonzo Ball back this week. He came back before Brandon Ingram. And Zion, he led them to a win against the Houston Rockets. He had a, a great game when he came back. And that game, Lonzo, he ended up hitting eight threes. He had 27 points, nine assists, four rebounds. And like I said, led them to a win. And over the last three games, he averaged 18 points, seven rebounds, eight assists. However, he has actually re-injured his hip. And it's the opposite hip. I believe this time it is the left hip and not the right hip. He has issue like a hip flexor issue. So Hopefully he won't be out like he was this last go around when he was out, I believe, like a week to two weeks because this team cannot afford for Lonzo, one of the key pieces to be out. However, you know, they did sign Isaiah Thomas. He made his debut against the Atlanta Hawks, even though they lost. Uh, he ended up with 10 points, four out of 13, but it's always good to see Isaiah Thomas back in the league. That game also, Zion returned, and he had 34 points in that game. And also, in their win this week against the 76ers, Zion had 37 points in the win. Brandon Ingram, he returned in their last game this week against the 76ers. Still shaking some rust off. He didn't have the best game. He finished with 17 points, eight rebounds, two assists on five of 21 shooting. So got to work his way, way back into the swing of things. And the Pelicans, pretty much, I wouldn't say have an easy schedule. No NBA team has an easy schedule because every team is beatable, but they have a, you know, I would say easier schedule this week. They play the Cavaliers, the Kings, Knicks, and Wizards. So definitely, I believe, some wonderful games. Four-game trip they have this week, but you cannot underestimate any team, especially with them being shorthanded with Lonzo out. Um, they're going to need some more offensive firepower, probably from Isaiah Thomas coming up off the bench. So we'll see how these guys do because they're, they're still trying to make a, a strong second run in the second half of the season to get in the uh, play-in in the uh, 9 or 10 spot that is uh, occupied currently by the San Antonio Spurs and Golden State Warriors. Great stuff. And then finish things off with the team you just mentioned with the Spurs. They were kind of a little bit, uh, they were they were right ahead of the right, um, in, in those teams, like those Mavericks, Grizzlies, all that stuff. And they, they've lost a few games recently and they kind of skidded. Um, obviously, that's, that's really good news for those other teams. But what do you think the Spurs could do to either get back on track? I mean, how, and do you think that's going to happen? Yeah, I- I honestly, I don't think it's going to happen. I kind of predicted at the end of the year, I didn't think the Spurs would be in the playoffs this year. 
I, I predicted, you know, kind of DeRozan would be going there, LaMarcus, but DeRozan end up staying. They're still they're still a competitive team. That's that's the only thing about it. They're always going to give themselves a chance to win each and every game. I just don't see them this year. Uh, just not enough talent, man. It's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you have a lot of young, promising players, but they they don't know what it's like. Like DeRozan and uh, Patty Mills and Rudy Gay, I believe, are some of the only few, if not the only three, who have been to the playoffs, actually, and know what it's like to play in the playoffs and how the stretch is going to be. I do not envision them making the playoffs this year. I honestly believe the Pelicans will end up taking their spot and uh, 9 or 10 for the play-in against Golden State. So we'll see how that happens, but I just don't see it. They, they went 0-3 and three on this week. Their schedule doesn't get any easier. It's only one day off for the rest of the season. You, you don't have two consecutive days off. They have Dallas this week, tough game. Magic, Raptors, I guess you could say those two are, you know, more winnable. Then they have the Blazers and Phoenix Suns who are at the top of the conference. So I, I easily could see them this week going – two and three or one and four, you know, under some one of those other teams and seeing the Spurs being vulnerable right now on this and, you know, say, hey, they're not going to break the skid against us. But we're going to just have to, have to see how this season finishes out for the Spurs or this week right now. And I believe if they can, you know, get three out of five, they're going to continue to keep themselves in the conversation with the Grizzlies, Golden State, Pelicans for that eight to ten play-in and the seven spot as well. He really has nothing to worry about now with Dallas Mavericks uh, trending in the right direction. It'll look like they'll be dropping below the uh, seven seed, but we'll see. Anything can change in the NBA. DeMar DeRozan, uh, he continues to lead this team. Last three games, averaging 19, 6, and 3. On the season, he's averaging 21, 4, and 7. So he, they're going to probably need a lot more out of DeMar. And I would even say Rudy Gay and Patty Mills off the bench to continue to propel this team if they want to make the playoffs this year because it's definitely not going to be easy. If they have any hope of doing that, they're going to need DeMar to play at that all-star level that he's capable of.